0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Two Scene Podcast. Welcome, first-time listeners, to the Two Scene Podcast, the podcast where two aspiring sports journalists sit down and talk baseball. I'm your host, Tyler Foy, and alongside me is resident Mets fan Nathan Lennon. And Nate, how are those Mets doing so far? They're playing well so far. Prospects are playing well. I'd say it's a pretty promising start so far. And I can tell you that the Red Sox are having a very mixed bag start to their season. And just a reminder for all you listeners, we are looking for sponsors. If you are interested in getting an ad read for your business, email thetwoseamedpod at gmail.com or direct message us on Twitter, at pod. This episode was pre-recorded on March 10th, so if anything in this episode is a little off, that is why. Today's topics will be centered around the early impressions of spring training, from the new rules to player performances. We will cover the first two weeks of the preseason. And I think the only way that we can really cover the preseason in full, or at least our early impressions of it, is that we got to talk about what MLB has done to make it new and COVID safe for the players. Now, the biggest thing for spring training that people will probably talk about is that fans are back yep. for all thirty MLB yep. teams. Each team having a different amount of percentage capacity and fans allowed into their stadium. But Nate, how are you feeling about fans being back for spring training?
1: Yeah, I think fans being back is a good thing. I know I'm excited to get back. I think as long as the te- as I think as long as teams are safe about it and and. Uh, local and state governments are able to roll out vaccines effectively i think that it's fine i also want to point i also think that uh more in this respect more stadium more owners should be letting their stadiums be used as vaccination centers i know uh, i was down at fenway the other day people are getting vaccinated at fenway Uh, the mets are using city field as a vaccination facility for now so yeah
0: And that is a reminder to all of you that can get your COVID vaccine to get vaccinated and help speed up the process of life getting back to normal. With that, I will also say that fans being back is great. I mean, what's an MLB game or what's a baseball game without that baseball atmosphere? And fans, you know, they bring that. They bring that home, whether it's the cheering or the booing. Right. That is such an important part of the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. I also have a qu-
1: just a general question about fans being back. Do you think, like, there's going to be an attendance surge? Like, because in-, in the MLB, league-wide, when everything reaches a point of recognizable normalcy, do you think there's going to be, like, an attendance surge? Like, people are going to be so ready to get back to the games that every ballpark is going to be packed? Or do you think it's going to be business as usual like it was the past few years?
0: Well, I mean, baseball stadiums already are are allowing fans in. I mean, they're already booked pretty much first week of games. People are buying tickets in because there's less available seats. There's going to be, of course, more expensive tickets. You know, I think that the surge is already happening. I think that is... I think that... It's less about the surge and more about how long until we start seeing these percentages in the stadium start lifting. Right. And because some stadiums like the Red Sox, I think the Red Sox are doing what? Um, Is it 20% to start? I know it's 4,000 yeah. fans. Okay. But I don't think that's the correct math actually. Yeah. But I know it's 4,000 fans right now, 4,500 around. Mm. So they're going to probably increase it over the course of the season to a higher number and all stadiums are going to keep doing that. So just building and building and building to have, having more available seats, of course, making sure that it's safe and that it is going to be in their best interest. But right. I think that's, I think that's what's more is going to happen. And we're just going to see a lot of fans in the seats regardless.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I also, I agree with you to the point with that point that it's most likely going to be more gradual. Like, Cause the attendance surge, I don't really think an attendance surge is going to happen per se. It's I feel like it's going to be gradual. More fans attend, like, because at this rate, people are going to have to comply with social distancing guidelines and how comfortable stadiums are with allowing fans back in at an increased rate. Because it's not all just going to happen at once,
0: right? And as no much fans. are... Right? Some
1: governments would like it to happen.
0: Right, and no fans are allowed to be by the dugouts, which is great. Right. That's a great idea. Yeah, exactly. Uh when I was looking at tickets at Fenway the all the all the seats were very much away from the field, which you you know, you kind of expect in a way. I mean you wanna be as close to the action as you can get. But right. to be safe and for the players and for our own health and everybody's health, I think it's the best decision.
1: Right, like you can't really get behind. Yeah, you you don't really get in the dugout. You can't really get too too close behind home plate. It's just it's just smart to not have fans near those uh, spots at this point.
0: I wonder what they're doing. Concessions? They That's still are they still selling all the stuff? And is that even safe?
1: Yeah, I'm a little. Yeah, I'm pretty curious about that. Like, I'm wondering when. Uh, the next sporting event I go to, when I go, when it all open, when it's opening up, like I'm wondering, like is there going to be anyone working the concession stands? Are we going to have to get like food outside the stadium, like before? Oh and I doubt after? they'll make,
0: I doubt you like, they'll let you bring anything in. Actually. Oh
1: no, I know, not bringing anything of it. Like we won't be able to have, we wouldn't be able to have anything during the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, oh, I, you know what's going to be a great question? I wonder how much like everything's going to be priced up if there ooh, are concessions.
1: Yeah. Oh my
0: gosh! That's gonna be a whole another beast. Yeah,
1: because they've because all these teams, I, I think that's something that's ignored a lot is that a, a lot of these teams have lost a good amount of revenue. So once fans do start coming back, I mean, we already saw tickets are like exorbitant. So once we get so once fans get back and have to buy like th- these ballparks, got to start getting their revenues up and quick. So it, I feel like it's all just gonna be exorbitant to start, and it's like. And it's going to be inversely proportional to fans coming back. Like As more fans come back, prices are going to continue to gradually go down for tickets and concessions and all that.
0: I can understand that, and I think that's true in a lot of sense, but... A lot of tickets are priced off of matchups in general, mm. so a ticket for watching the Red Sox vs. Yankees is always going to be way ex- more expensive. Which I haven't looked at the prices oh for the gosh. first time at Fenway Park Ooh. that that matchup happens, but I can imagine they are high. <laughs> they are high for sure. Oh my
1: god! Yeah, I I don't I don't even want to look right now because I'm sure whatever number I see, I'm just my jaw is going to drop and I'm just going to be like, oh my god! Oh, oh my god how Dodgers
0: Angels, those yeah. are games that are going to be really Dodgers- expensive. And-
1: Angels, oh my goodness those are those are gonna be good
0: yeah 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 for sure and as we talk about fans paying for tickets to get into these these venues we got to talk about the new rule about coaches deciding before the game which i think it's like the morning before the game um how many innings they want to play from seven to nine and some some, sometimes i think it could even be five innings they if they really wanted to and you got to think about these people paying for spring training tickets without even knowing how many innings they're gonna watch.
1: Right. Exactly. I, I think that while there are definitely arguments to be made that oh, baseball shouldn't be nine innings; it's too long, or not, or you whether well, no matter your stance in the in the amount of innings argument, you should at least know what you're paying for. Right. You should at least know that you're paying for nine innings. I I don't think. I'm glad this is I, I'm glad this is just gonna stay in spring training because I very much
0: do not like this rule that managers can just cut games early or. And I mean, MLB will be experienced last season or experimented last season with you know, seven inning double headers. Mm. So I'm not too opposed about seven inning games in general and especially for spring training. You know, I think a lot of it is about watching a lot of these different guys get work in. And normally by the seventh inning, most of the stars that started that game aren't even playing anymore. So, I mean, I don't have a problem with the seven innings part of it. I just right. have a problem with them not not deciding way in advance for these people to buy their tickets. But I think in general, we're talking about the fans getting back into the stadiums. There's just a lot of baseball-deprived people, such as ourselves, yeah. that just want to see them see them right. play. So. I think
1: people are going to want to see a full game. I think people are going to again want to know what they're paying for. I'm I, I think that this I think that testing this out is good for the preseason. I think it's like this is I think the MLB is doing this right by testing it in the preseason and not bringing this to the regular season because you cuz you also don't, well, I don't it, think any you regular... also got, don't want guys getting hurt. You also don't want to like risk injury. I mean, that's why most of the most of the stars aren't playing more than yeah. like two innings anyway.
0: I don't think in any way or shape or form they would ever introduce this into the MLB though. Yeah. Like in a regular season, I mean every game would be 9 innings unless they're doing 7 inning doubleheaders right. again. That that's I think that's staying as a rule for next season. I'm not I'm really not opposed to that, honestly. Oh yeah, no. I think doubleheaders are really difficult for teams, especially on their bullpens, and uh, 7 inning doubleheaders, you can say it loses credibility to starters because they're yeah. if they get like a Trevor Bauer had a complete game shutout in a seven-inning game, so mm. that kind of loses credibility in that shutout, but it counts towards the statistics. So. Right.
1: Yeah, I think as long as fans know what they're paying for and they know they're not getting a full nine innings, especially in, like, spring training, as long as they know what they're getting, then I don't have a problem with seven-inning doubleheaders.
0: Right, right, right. And, and doubleheaders happen for a few reasons. I mean, right. we saw doubleheaders happen because of games that were postponed due to civil unrest and we see it and the weather is another reason that mm. games get postponed so i think in a lot of sense people already had bought tickets to that game and then they get reimbursed for the doubleheader. um so i mean a lot of people are knowing or are paying for nine inning games at that point um, but there's a lot of refunds that come into that play because some people can only go to one game and it gets a lot difficult, very difficult. But I think we got to talk about how in spring training that a lot more of these coaches are agreeing towards nine innings um, mm. as we move along closer and closer to opening day. And we're only about midway through here, but we are seeing a lot more nine inning games.
1: Right. I think that's, I think that's only going to increase as, as spring training grows older. Because at some point the managers are going to want to prepare for the grind of the right. regular season more and more, so we're going to see more and more nine inning games as time goes on. How many, how many like uh, like short inning games were there today? Because I want to say just there were, today. Well, yeah. we have
0: the games have not finished at the point of recording this, and I would not know how many there are or what they are currently. Yeah, but. I know uh Mariners Rangers only went seven innings. Seven innings. The Orioles game went seven innings with the right. Blue Jays. The Twins Rays game went eight innings. Only seven well, seven and a half innings. One game only went six and a half innings. Mm. So, I mean, we have a lot of different variety. Another game that went eight innings. So, I mean, there's a lot there to it. I think the general point is that nobody's going to go under six innings, which is great. Right. I don't think any team that wants to compete should limit their teams to six innings. For sure. Um, but, hey, I mean, I guess if both coaches agree and maybe maybe weather, it could rain florida known for having a lot of rain so <laughs> right. we know that that's that could happen and games could get postponed in that sense which i don't i don't think they would ever make up a spring training game
1: no i i mean <laughs> what would be the point like it's, it's spring tra- i mean spring training's fine going to spring training's fun but like if they, they i don't see what i mean there isn't really much of a point in making up a spring training game because oh, no. ultimately meaningless
0: i wonder what they do though because like if somebody pays for that ticket and they paid yeah. a, a lot of money to go to a COVID spring training game. Right. And then would you, would you just have to refund? You just have to be like. Yeah. Would
1: you just, would you just have to like, re- you'd have to do something. Cause you can't like just say, oh, well we have your money and we're not giving it back. So, uh, too bad. Like you can't just say too bad, but at the same time it's like. You're They're, not. Don't you, res- it's like You're probably not going to be able uh, yeah. to get
0: into another game because yeah. of all the other games are being super booked. <laughs>
1: right, and spring training games aren't even worth rescheduling anyway. So it's like, what? What do you do there? <laughs> like, do you just say, like, do you give them their money back? Do you like put them in another game? It's, it's it's it feels like a really weird situation.
0: And you know, when we talk about innings, and we talk about the games being called short innings themselves can be called short without getting three outs which Mm. is another new spring training rule that if a pitcher pitches over 20 pitches in one inning before getting three outs the manager of that team can decide well the inning's over you just call it short save the pitcher's arms and just get more reps in for the batters i guess i don't i don't know how i feel about it entirely but what what do you think about that
1: i don't know i have mixed feelings about it i i like the idea of saving these pitchers arms and i like the idea of uh call, I, I part of me likes the idea of calling it early part of me likes the idea of saving these pitchers arms but at the same time you gotta like it feels very weird to challenge this three out thing and it's only for spring training but it still feels just off
0: right it it is strange and it's crazy how some of these teams have had offensive explosions in games where (laughs) managers can literally end it (laughs) like the rangers won 17 to 5 today against the seattle mariners
1: i think i think something funny to me is just like i'm imagining like in a regular i imagine this would never happen in a regular season game but if it did i'm just imagining like strategy a new wave of strategy in the mlb where Uh, managers just have pitchers throw 20 minutes or not 20 minutes sorry 20 pitches and they just say and then they like in the bot in the top of the ninth or something they just call done game like (laughs) they can just be like okay we're done or in the bottom of the ninth they just like after 20 pitches if they're up they can just be like okay done yeah could you imagine like Like, you, (laughs) you guys don't have a chance we're done we win like, it's, like, declaring a win just seems so funny to me.
0: Right, because, like, you could be in the bottom half of an inning, and I think we've already seen that. Where <laughs> We've already seen that a team that was losing in a bottom half of an inning in the last home inning have lost games while men yeah. were on base because the opposing manager just said, well, well we're not through 20 pitches. So. so I guess the inning's over. I guess the, in- oh, I guess the inning's over. It looks like we win. In fairness, because we are talking about players getting or pitchers getting taken out after 20 pitches. There's a rule that players can get subbed in and subbed out this off or this preseason. So players that start the games and come out of the games can come back in at a later point. I think that's an okay rule. I don't see it ha- like really being necessary. I, I know there's been some instances of pitchers being taken out and putting back in, Right. but like, or put back in, but I don't know, I don't think that needs to happen at all. I think right. when a pitcher's taken out, he should just stay out of the game, relax. If I'm like if I'm a player that gets taken out, pulled from the game, I don't want to probably be thinking like, oh, I could get back into this game later. And I'm sure it's uh, a player thing. Like mm. I'm sure the players that do get subbed back in, they're like, well, I wanna go back in there. There's something that we tweaked in the dugout yeah. and I wanna start working oh, on no, immediately. Yeah. See,
1: that's what I'm thinking is like I, I I really like this, if only because like it it, it introduces uh, that aspect to baseball of other sports that it just hasn't had. It's another aspect of other sports in baseball that I think would be a welcome addition. I also think that yeah, there could be more room for, like, tweaking. Like, if a pitcher is playing poorly, they tweak something in the dugout. Like, if, let's say it's, like, a usually good pitcher, like uh, Chris Sale. And he's playing poorly in the first few innings. They take him out, and they pr- bring in a reliever to stop the bleeding a little. And then Chris Sale's like, okay, I want to come back in. And he's like, "I." they tweak something in the bullpen. That could be really good for them. Like, that could, be, that use... could be a really good uh, strategy.
0: And you know what? I guess it is a point that I didn't start thinking of until we started discussing it. But... I guess that is a major part of of spring training and players making adjustments on the go. Um, I just think of an aspect when a pitcher's out of the game and the other manager is also looking at matchups, who's going to be pitching next. I don't think a player should be able to come back in in that sense because I think it messes with other people getting different pinch hit at bats Mm. um, because they want to see work against this type of pitcher versus this type of pitcher. You know, I want to see how this guy hits against sinker ball pitchers versus a power pitcher who's going to be blowing stuff past him. Um, so I think in that sense, it could mess up some people's spring trainings. But I guess it is a real, it's a, it's a good movement. It just doesn't need to be anywhere near the regular season.
1: Yeah, I kind of disagree with you there, though. I, I feel like that the MLB should at least try subbing players in and out of games. I feel like it'd be a fun. A uh, way to change up the pace of games that doesn't affect that doesn't uh, affect the natural flow of the game too much. I think that it's more of a subtle change compared to other rule changes that have been floated uh, to adding the MLB games. Obviously, I don't think the uh, adding. I don't think just swapping, subbing in pitchers in and out of games uh, depending on the batter is very subtle. But <laughs> at the very least, it would add uh, a, f- a fun bit of strategy to the games. I-, I feel like it'd be a little much. I feel like it'd be a but little it, much strategy. It would
0: be very much.
1: It, it, it'd almost be like manager chess, where, it's like, where, you got, where you just have managers assigning pitchers to batters, which I think would be a funny gimmick that you could use in spring training, which is good. I, I don't know if you can... I-, I feel like it would be... I, I feel like I want to see it, in a regular season game at least once before I like di- before I dismiss it for good. Like I, ju- I just want to see what that would I, look like in a I regular am, season game. I am
0: officially dismissing it for good. <laughs> <laughs> because in no circumstance should a pitcher just be assigned to a batter for an entire game. What do you do? You send him back to the bullpen and recall him back down after he gets a little more warm-up pitches? I mean, that's insane. <laughs> I could see it in a world where you're taking out a position player, and that position player can come back later uh, I think that's fair. The only way that the only counter argument against that really is that if you take out a guy that's good against hitting uh, righties and then you you put him back in later in the game because they switch pitchers. Um, and I, I could see that being a problem also. Like I just don't believe that subbing players in and out should be in the game in the regular season at all. But I think we are getting a little off topic out of the preseason concept, which will be transitioning into our next topic of discussion, which we are going to be going over our initial impressions on player performances so far. And I think we've got to talk about the people that we are excited to see more of and the prospects that have really shown that they are... uh, They're performing well in the preseason, and I want to start off talking about a guy named Bobby Dalbeck for the Boston Red Sox. I mean, the guy has been hitting home runs at an unreal rate, but he's also been striking out so much. I think the statistic, and he had a grand slam today, so I haven't seen the stats, but I think as of yesterday, or maybe it was this afternoon, Mm -hmm. he had four home runs in like 16 at-bats, but he had nine strikeouts as well. Out yeah. of those 16 at-bats, which is wild. And we talk about yeah. the current state He's of baseball. quite
1: literally hit or miss. <laughs> yes, I would believe <laughs> yeah. so.
0: But I think we talk about the new culture in baseball. And I think literally Dalbeck is representing the the whole aspect of, well, it's either walk, strikeout, or home run.
1: Right. It, it's a, he, Rob, Bobby Dalbeck looks like a microcosm of the way the sport is trending. Like, he, right. like eh, how everything is either a booming home run or a flaming strikeout. So it's just uh, it, it's a fun microcosm in spring training of the few of how the future of the sport is going to look. But another prospect that I wanted to talk about was uh, Ronnie Mauricio for the Mets, making the case that he's the Mets' top prospect. He is hitting four fifty-five so far for the Mets this spring training. He's five for eleven today. He had a two-run single in the for the Mets in spring for the Mets in spring training. That he's doing great. I think the Mets farm system is a bit underrated, but that's not the topic. But that's not the topic I want to get into right now. What about what other prospects do you think are looking good right now?
0: Well, I mean, have getting to see Wander Samuel Franco get yes. abs. Um, uh, obviously hitting a home run in his first game is always a great impression. But when I talk about people, I'm looking forward to seeing more. I mean, he's two years in a row number one prospect in the MLB, and I'm right. really excited to see what he can do. And I hope the Twin or the I'm hope that the Tampa Bay Rays give him more at bats and or yes. give him at bats in general this season.
1: He could, he could. I think it's an interesting point with Wander Franco because. The Rays, for all intents and purposes, have lacked a true star. Like, a true superstar on their roster. That's since, like,
0: Evan Longoria. And then you could make the case about, well, I mean, Blake Snell was a true star. Yeah. Well, Blake Snell's a true star, but, like, not... They haven't had, like, a true
1: superstar bat since... Yeah. But I think adding Wander Franco there could give them, eventually, that superstar edge that could put an already, one of the best well-rounded teams in baseball well over the top. I'm very excited to see Wander Franco. I think, that's, I think he's the, one of the main reasons why
0: the Rays are not going anywhere, and they
1: will be just fine.
0: Right, and I think talking about people, talking about prospects, and I know we got to see a little bit of him last year, and with Buster Posey coming back, <laughs> Uh, We're probably not going to see too much of him, but I really want to see more from catcher Joey Bart. Uh, For the San Francisco Giants, he's a very great player, and Mm. I think he's a good bat and a really good defensive catcher. And Sitting behind Buster Posey, he's probably going to learn a lot about the game, but at the same time, I hope it doesn't hinder how many years it takes for him to really get started. Right, because,
1: I mean, being behind Buster Posey, you've obviously got some pretty big shoes to fill, but at the same time... I. He's in a really good situation. Like uh, you'd you want to learn from Buster Posey? You want to be in that situation where the Giants are running things well, where the Giants are uh, incorporating the youth well, at, at least somewhat.
0: It's like sitting behind Aaron Rodgers.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's like the I'd say well no because like Jordan Love at least with the <laughs> Packers he he's not going to get to play for a while, a but, long time. Yeah, he's not going to get to play for a long time. I mean, Aaron Rodgers just won MVP, but. Uh, Joey Bart's already looking great, whereas Jordan Love, I guess if we want to compare them to the Packers, it has yet to do literally anything.
0: And uh, another Giants prospect, Heloi Ramos, is also playing really well at the moment, leading the league at the uh, as of training, March 10 yeah. uh, in slugging percentage, uh, and has three home runs on the season. He's playing really well. Um, I don't exactly know what prospect rank he is at the moment, but he's definitely up there uh, right. with somebody that's surprising me uh, a little bit and giving me a good impression on what he offers at the table.
1: Yeah, I think uh, him and uh, Joey Bart and the, just the Giants in general are looking really good right now. I I think that was, they were kind of a surprise last year. Like They, they missed the playoffs via tiebreaker to the Brewers. I think that uh, the Giants were very, I think the Giants were very surprising. I think that uh, people are sleeping on them a bit, but I do want to move on to uh, from prospects to player to players we think are going to have sophomore slumps. Or
0: like, do we do we think either Kyle Lewis or Alec Boehm is going to have a sophomore slump? I don't. I, I like K. Lou, and Kalu is going to get a lot of abs being in Seattle. Mm. Alec Boehm going to get a lot of abs, yeah. and I think both of them have a chance to really perform. And I don't think anybody right. ever expects a sophomore slump. It's yeah. always on the uh, on the cards, but I don't think anybody ever looks at rookie of the years and says, "Well, they're not going to perform next year, or yeah. they're not going to be sustainable." because yeah, the expectation's already super high, so it's like, but uh, I think K. Lu specifically is going to be really good.
1: Yeah, it's not even like the, it's not even like either the Phillies or Mariners added any significant bats that would shift the lineup that much. For either of those teams, so it's not like they'll see a drop off in at bats or a drop off or some huge drop off in production. Even if there were to be some kind of a so- sophomore slump, it'd be very minor.
0: Right, and, and do you think there's any other players that specifically you're excited to see? Because I'm excited to see Bobby Witt Jr. after he hit that four hundred and eight yes eighty four foot feet. homer.
1: Oh my goodness, yeah. over
0: the stands, Bobby
1: Witt Jr. I'm I'm excited to see
0: Dalbec. I'm excited to see Wander Franco. Uh, Duran, him too. I want to see that Seattle Mariners outfield, all of them in action, but I don't think we're going to see that because they're cheap.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're not going to see. I'd say I I want to see great things
0: from the Mariners, but I don't because they're cheap. And it's just like, I I, I mean, I'm not saying I don't want to see good things from them, I want to see good things from them, but they they won't do it because they're cheap. They just won't
1: do it. it. It's hard to have, again, we keep coming back to this point that it's just hard to have hope for the Mariners it's like,
0: man, Mariners fans hate us. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we're just being real
1: though. We're just being real. I mean, don't look at us. We're just the messengers. Your management is self-admittedly cheap. (laughs) So don't look, don't, don't hate us for that.
0: But Mariners fans, I will say, I mean, as much as we do talk about them being cheapskates and all that, you guys got a great prospect. You guys got great prospects and Kyle Lewis, obviously playing very well. And I'm excited to see him, Uh, this season i'm also excited to see what joey gallo has to offer after having a monster opening to this preseason and of course with respect everything that we're talking about is based off of the preseason but what else can we base it off of besides last season and i think joey gallo is doing a great job at really showing his strength oh yeah for
1: sure it's hard to make predictions right now especially on how players will do or how teams will do It's still fun to expect big things from these players and these teams. And what about pitching prospects? We haven't really talked about them much.
0: I'm not much of a prospect, but I mean, a guy that we know can hit and pitch. Shohei Otani getting an opportunity to pitch once again and throw 100 miles per hour near there. yeah, And then also hitting a home run over the batter's eye in center field. So it doesn't look like... It really hindered him at all. If anything, yes. I'm really excited to see what Shohei has to offer going forward in the season oh, if he can stay absolutely.
1: healthy. Oh, yeah, He's the X factor for the Angels outside of Mike Trout if he can stay healthy. That that he he will be uh, if they may if they finally make the playoffs. He will be what does it like? I'm I'm very excited to see Shohei Otani back.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of these players coming back from injury and or our new acquisitions are going to be X factors for getting these teams into the playoffs. Right. And I'm super excited to see. I know we mentioned in our um, off-season analysis video about the players that we're excited to see, but, I mean, players such as Snell in a new uniform, Darvish in a new uniform, um, Springer in a new uniform, you know, all these different players, Arenado trying to help the Cardinals, players that are now X-Factors for different teams and or coming back off of injury. I can't think of anybody that had Tommy John that is coming back this year. No.
1: And I I know Carlos... I think Noah Syndergaard, but... Syndergaard, yes,
0: yes. And then Carrasco obviously coming back from uh, a long-term injury. Right. Um, And chris sale for the red Sox after fighting for so long with all this uh all of his arm issues over the past year he's out for the beginning of that season so that's a little bit disappointing personally as we're talking about mets and red Sox pitchers but there's a lot of players that we're really excited to see and i think we didn't go too much into detail on that section of the podcast but i think it is about time to wrap up this episode so I want to thank you for tuning into to this Friday edition of the Two Seamed Podcast. And for those of you who don't know, this Monday edition of next week will not be up. We are going to be taking a break. I am going to be out of town. Therefore, it's going to be difficult for us to record an episode. With that, I want to remind you that we are looking for sponsors. If you're interested in getting an ad read for your business, email the pod at gmail.com. And or direct message us on Twitter at the 2 seam Pod, As well as direct messaging us, you can also follow us on Twitter where we post updates on the status of the podcast. And follow us also on Spotify to get notified whenever we upload a new episode. If you enjoyed our personal takes, follow us on our respective Twitter accounts at tyler underscore underscore foy and at lannon underscore nate thank you for listening to this podcast and we will catch you on next friday's episode of the two-seamed pod